All right, I had to come in this morning to get, get mic'd, which uh, in my 15, 16 years of speaking, that's probably the second time I've been mic'd. So uh, it is wonderful to be here. Um, the last couple of weeks, I've been kind of trying to treble the uh, expectation. I know that uh, uh, when C was here, he always had the pastor appreciation banquet the night before he brought the Gideon speaker. Uh, so you guys literally got the rock stars of the Gideon world. And uh, trying to uh, make sure that Brother Todd understood that <clears throat> I don't have any rock stars or uh, cavalry. It, it, it's just me. But uh, excited to be here. So good to be home. And uh want to share just a little bit what the Lord is doing through the Gideon ministry. First, I want to ask you guys to just bow with me. God, we come to you and thank you. God, we give you praise. God, we thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you, God, for this opportunity to come in your house. Lord, to fellowship and worship you. We love you. We praise you. We thank you for all these good things, God. We're just we're thankful, Lord, for the work you do here. And I pray, God, that you will uh, get me out of the way. Lord, let the word that you have to be heard today uh, be spoken. God, open our hearts and, uh, and our minds, Lord, and uh, pray that that will further your kingdom and uh, further this ministry. We love you and praise you. Thank you for all good things come from your hand. In Christ's name, amen. So I want to first open... And it's great not to be tied by a microphone. I want to first open and share a testimony with you that I heard several years ago. And and when I heard it, I thought, man, this seems prehistoric. Uh, But this guy is is my contemporary. And his name is Abu Bakar. And uh, you can tell by his name, he's not from Greensburg. Um, He's actually a member of the Fulani tribe. I I had to check this guy out when I heard his testimony. It just uh, really touched me. And uh, so he's over in West Africa, and he's a member of this Fulani tribe. And you don't know anything about Fulani, I'm sure. I I didn't either, and I still don't really. But I did do a little reading, and and they were some of the first folks in West Africa to convert to Islam. And so he talks about a day when he's 12 years old, and he's a little Muslim boy, and he's in Nigeria in the marketplace. And a lady approaches him. And she hands him a testament like this. And she says, here, take this and read this. You'll find eternal life. Now, he's a 12-year-old little Muslim boy. And he knows he's not to have that. But he doesn't throw it away. And so he takes this testament and he hides it away. And he reads this throughout his life. And he's doing it at at night by candlelight. He talks about a particular day when he's of high school age. And as he comes home from school, his father had discovered his testament. And so he is welcomed by all the men of his family. And he's told he can either throw this in the fire and repent or they're going to beat him until he does. And this young, lone Christian boy in this Muslim world refuses. And he says, no, Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. 
not turning back. And so the men literally string him up between two trees, arms outstretched. And as his father starts with the first blow, an uncle intervenes. The men go back and they talk. They come down. He says about a half an hour later and they cut him down. They give him his testament. They'll tell him to go. He's not to return. And he's dead to them. And so this young teenage boy leaves out with nothing but the clothes on his back and his small testament that he got at age 12. His testimony doesn't end there. It is a wonderful story. Uh, He actually is taken in by a Christian pastor who raises him, sends him to school. He's able to go to college. He feels called to the ministry. Volunteers there pay his way through seminary. And when he talks about the first summer he's at seminary, he actually goes with a group into Liberia. And they go there, and and during the summer they they establish the first church, first Christian church among those people. And they see some 200 people come to Christ that summer. And that touched me. Because that all goes back to a small Gideon Testament. And someone like you or I who took time to hand that to a child. Someone who spent a dollar twenty to purchase that. So the Gideon ministry, real simple, and you guys have heard this. Time and time again, you guys were blessed with, with, with C.W. here in your home church. And, and, and man, he is, uh, see, just, I don't want to tell you about C. He's wonderful. But he did uh, so much for, for our camp, our Gideon camp here. Uh, Gideons were established in 1899. We are simply a group of born-again Christian men, members of local churches, and just professionals and businessmen. I mean, it's, there's no magic got one mission and one mission alone. That's to place the Word of God into all the trafficked lanes of life. You guys are familiar with most of those. Hospitals, nursing homes, uh, schools, uh, cow days here. Um, anywhere we can get it. Hotel Bibles. They estimate a hotel Bible can touch 2,300 folks. In its lifetime. And so the mission is simple. Like I say, Isaiah 55:11. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. Will not return to me empty or void. Will accomplish what I desire. Achieve the purpose for which I sent it. I want to share with you another testimony of a young man who may have spoken at this church. His name is Joplin Emerson. And some Brother Todd recalls Joplin. Um, young man from Clearwater, Kansas. I don't know if anyone's ever been to Clearwater. It's about 2,500 people. Not so much unlike Greensburg. Joplin's testimony begins as he's 16 years old. 
He talks about a day he's pulling out of the parking lot at his high school. And there's some crazy guy standing out in the parking lot in a suit, handing out small books. So as he pulls out, he takes one. Gives it a pitch into the back seat of his car, goes on about his life. You see, he had no Christian background, no Christian influence, no church at all. And so this is nothing more than another book to him. He'll also tell you at that point, at age 16, he's a drug addict. And so he talks about a particular time as a senior in high school, he, he actually overdosed. And he recounts how he, he doesn't know how he got so out of control, but he didn't stop. He was doing intravenous drugs. He was selling drugs, um, drinking to blackout. And so this continues until he's 20 years old. And at age 20, lying in bed in the wee hours of the morning, I presume, he's contemplating taking his life. And so Joplin thinks to himself, you know, I don't really believe there's a hell But I do believe if there is one, that's where I'm going. And so he says a prayer for the first time in his life. And his prayer is, God, if you're real, I'm going to give you 30 days to show me yourself. And in the meantime, I'm going to make an effort too. So he tries to quit all the things that he thinks are bad. He's going to quit doing those things. And all the things he thinks are good, that's what he's going to do. And so he starts going to church. And the first couple of Sundays, he goes to a church there in his hometown. And nobody talks to him. Brother Todd, there's a whole other sermon. So the third Sunday, he goes to church in the next town over. And so he's 20 years old. He sits through the service. And there's an elderly lady sitting in front of him. And at the end of the service, she turns to him and says, Is this your first time here? He said, Yeah, it is. And she said, Well, would you come back? Age 20 in the middle of America. First person... To ever invite him to church. And so he came back. And the next Sunday he says he sees this preacher and he says he's full of passion and fire. And he's bold. So he tells God, he says, God, whatever he's got, that's what I want. That's what I want. And he says at that time, that's the first time God spoke to him. You see, when he had that book, it was just another book. And so when when he was searching, looking for answers, he just started from the beginning. And he got as far as Matthew 7, 7. Ask it, it will be given to you. 
seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open. And so, when he prays this time, and he's saying, that God, that's what I want. That's what I want. And guess how God answers him? Ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open. For he who asks receives. He who seeks finds. To whom he knocks, the door will be open. And at that point, having no background, no Christian training, he says, all I can do is cry. And I'm saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Because he didn't know the sinner's prayer. But he didn't know the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And he knew how to give his heart to Christ. And again, that whole testimony begins with a $1.20 testament. Somebody standing in a parking lot for a couple of hours. And the Holy Spirit moving. So I want to share with you one more testimony. And I think I've shared it every time I speak in Greene County. And if I use the real names, a whole lot of you guys are going to know a whole lot of players in this story. So I'm going to call him Joe. And Joe's testimony begins with a certain weekend. And Joe's not a child. Joe's a grown man. But he talks about a weekend he's out partying. And he's at a friend's house. And they're doing drugs. And having a good time. Until the drugs run out. At that point, his friend kicks him out. Shuts down the party. So Joe goes out, gets in, not his car, borrowed car with a lady that is not his wife. And they're just looking for a place to sleep it off. Lo and behold, the easiest place to sleep it off was the church parking lot at a local church. So they sleep in the car in the church parking lot. And this is Saturday night. So Joe's awakened by a tap on the window in the morning. Police officer. Joe, you and your lady friend cannot sleep here in the parking lot of the church as everyone's filing in. The pastor would have asked just that, you know, take, if you guys could come back and get your car later. No harm, but uh, as, as folks were filing in, that probably wasn't a good situation. And so Joe does. And he leaves, but it occurs to him that he forgot his pipe. And so Joe goes back to the car at the church parking lot to get his pipe. He's arrested for trespassing at this point. And you're thinking, how bad can that be? Not a big deal. Joe had some other things going on. So when Joe went to jail, Joe knew he was going to be there for a bit. And in his words, he says, at that point, I, I was sick of my mother praying for me. I hated God. I didn't want anything to do with God. And he recounts his stay in a local jail, not too far from here. And he said, every morning when I woke up, someone had placed a Gideon Bible by my bed. 
And he said, every morning I woke up and I pushed the thing away every day. Until one day. And Joe picks up the Bible and says, okay, God, what do you got to say? Opens it up, Romans 10, 9. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. What? You will be saved. Right there, guys. He's saved right there in a jail cell. See, God's not confined to this church. And God's word won't come back empty. And so, I'll close in sharing with you how you can help the Gideon ministry. And folks, this is a partnership. It really is. Uh, we're just a small piece in this, in this ministry. First, I would ask for your prayer. And I would I sincerely ask that each and every one of you would put this on your prayer list. The Gideon ministry and getting the word of God to the uttermost. Secondly, I know that uh, Brother Todd said we'll have an opportunity to take an offering. And if the Lord's led you, then, then I'd ask you to respond. Right now, Gideon's uh, place about two per second, two scriptures per second, every day, all day long. That's a million scriptures about every four days. And that's going into um, some 200 different countries, possessions, territories, all around the world. We're putting out the Bible and Scripture in 108 different languages. About a dollar twenty buys one of these. The hotel Bible is about $5. So there's no gift that's too small. We also have the Gideon Expression cards. And by the time we have here at the church, uh, instead of sending a Hallmark card, you can send a Gideon card. It's going to have a short testimony and a scripture on each one. So you, throw, you, you place $5 in the mail to Nashville to pay Gideon's. Send your card wherever you want. But you can, you can witness anywhere in the world for the cost of a stamp and five dollars. We also have Bible apps. We have the e-cards. We'll, get, we'll, we'll put God's Word in, out there any way that we can. Uh, we do a wonderful job here in, in our community with the memorial Bibles um, at funeral homes. And I will thank you. You guys, uh, you have, you can't know uh, what an impact that you make and, and what an impact Green County makes in the Gideon ministry. So we're thankful and appreciative of your prayer. We're thankful we're appreciative of your gifts. Uh, I want to close uh, with, with one more testimony. And just a few years back, and I, I'm sure you were there, the the president of the uh, Tennessee Gideons was here and spoke. And he talked to, to us about a, a Bible blitz that he had done over in Malawi, which is southeast Africa. And he talks particularly about a village that they visited. 
And they had to access that village by boat. There was a lake they had to cross. So they, they get into a small dinghy and they box up their testaments and cross over. And they go into the village and hand those out. And they hand all the scriptures out and turn around to go back. And he talked about as they were leaving, you could feel and you could see this just appeared to be scores and scores of children and young people following. And so as they got into their little boat to cross back over the lake, Push away from shore, and he turns back with his camera to take a picture. And in that picture, you can see what appear to be hundreds of children and young people following after, wading out into the water, just clamoring for their copy of God's Word. I want you to know that there's a lost world out there that's hungering for God. And there are orders waiting to be filled. So the need is real. I appreciate you all. I thank you for the opportunity to share. I thank you for all you do for our ministry. I appreciate you. Let's be here. Thank you.